0: If you'll stand with me this morning, I want to read some familiar verses out of Romans chapter number 10 (coughs) and try to give you what God's put on my heart. You pray for my voice. I don't know what happened, but sometime between the house and here, I got a frog that moved in. Amen? And uh, isn't it been good what God's been doing? Amen? Amen. (coughs) I thank Him for His manifested presence, and I thank Him for the hunger in God's people these past few weeks. and. This morning you wouldn't even think we'd been in church for 12 days straight. Amen? It's just the way God's moving. Amen? He'll touch your physical body when He's touching you spiritually. Amen? Romans 10 verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. How about that? For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven that is, to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. I like that right there. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now I want you to look at these next two verses with me. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that You'd add Your blessings to the reading of Your Word fill me and use me as we try to give these thoughts to you people. We love you Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you might be seated this morning uh, as I was reading. I can't remember if it was uh, Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning but I was reading in the book of Romans and reading these verses and those, there's four questions in verses 14 and 15 that have popped out to me and I'll just be honest with you. I've never really uh, studied Romans 10. Never really dove into it and there might be things I'm missing but I'll tell you this. If we don't rightly divide Romans 10 will never rightly divide Romans 9 and Romans 11. Amen? I've heard it said this, that uh, most of the uh, the heresy that comes forth about soteriology and about the doctrine of salvation comes from Romans 9, 10, 11. The Calvinists like to take just 9 and 11 and, and just run with that and they, they try to back up their heresy and then the, the, the easy prayerism, the, the Armenian, they try to take chapter 10 and build up their doctrine. But I'll tell you this, all three of these chapters rightly divide You'll come out being a Bible believer You won't come out being an ism You'll come out being a Bible believer Amen But in verses 14 and 15 There's four questions i want to read them again this morning How then shall they call on him Whom they have not believed And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they preach, or how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good joy? And I want to show you some responsibility uh, out of these four questions. I believe that God showed me these four hows and shows the responsibility of four groups of people. And four things. I want to see, first of all, the first question is how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. And if I, if I just be honest with you and bear my heart to you, I've always uh, wondered about verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, I've always been taught, and it's right, the Bible teaches that, that, that salvation's not in a prayer and salvation is not in the calling. But it seems if you read just that one verse, and it's been used out of context many times, that it's all about the call. But if you go back up to verse 9, it's about the heart. It's about belief. And I'm going to tell you this morning, God didn't make salvation every, uh, the, the same way everywhere else but Romans 10. And if you dig in here, the answer in, in verse 14, He says, how shall they call on Him, on him in whom they've not believed? And this morning, uh, that call, how that there's a responsibility this morning for the sinner to submit. Amen. And this morning, you cannot, but you can call. I know people this morning that will get gospel tracts and they'll read different gospel tracts and there'll be a prayer in this one and they'll get upset because they didn't say that prayer just right or a preacher will get up brother Brian and he'll say something that was contrary to what they had heard and and they wonder and they spin off into doubt but can I say this morning as long as we're depending on some prayer hey we we might doubt we might worry but if we'll depend on what he did hey our salvation is not based on a work it's not based on a baptism it's not based on a prayer we were led through our salvation is it's based on faith in Him, and that's what this verse teaches. Amen. It teaches that how can they, how should they call in he, on Him, and whom they've not believed? And I'm gonna tell you this evening. I've heard, have you ever heard this? You'll be witnessing to somebody, and they'll say, "Well, I, I ask God to save me every day." You ever had that happen? I mean, preacher, multiple times I've had people ask uh, say that to me. Well, I, I ask God to save me every day. Friend of mine, I'm not being critical. I'm not being ugly, but that's not biblical salvation, amen. Hey, biblical salvation, you can call on Him and call on Him every day just like those people do. But until you come to a point of repentance and faith in Christ, that call will not mean anything this morning, amen. It scares me to death to me, the idea that some are out there. I'm not being critical again this morning, but they'll read somebody five verses and ask them to say a prayer and these people have never heard the gospel before in their life, and there's no holy ghost conviction, and they have no idea of faith heart faith they have a they have a mind knowledge but they have no idea of heart faith and i'm not I'm not saying you got to understand justification and, and redemption in order to get saved but i I believe this that the Holy Ghost does have to turn the light on for you, and you do have to understand faith in Christ amen and you have I I said it last night and I'm not trying to be redundant this morning. Hey, but friend of mine, I know Catholics that believe in the death, burial and resurrection. I know Mormons that believe in the death, burial and resurrection. Hey, I know Church of Christ that believe in the death, burial and resurrection, but they're dependent on their baptism and they're dependent on their works and they're dependent on the catechism and they're dependent on mass and they're dependent on their baptism. They're sprinkling as a child to get them into heaven. But can I say this morning, for by grace are you saved through Faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And this morning salvation, and since Abraham or since the Old Testament form him has always been by grace through faith, it takes you in re- acting the faith, that measure of faith that Christ gave you. It, it, it takes you in acting that faith and putting your faith completely and wholly in Christ for salvation. And this morning, you can call on Him every day of your life. A homeless people, Brother Jack, I've met homeless people, and they were sincere and they could quote more Bible than most Baptists. Then they drank theirself to death and they've, they've never been saved, but they said, I've, I call on Him every day. Friend of mine, that call means nothing. The confession with your mouth means nothing until the faith has been enacted. This morning, the how, that this responsibility, the sinner to submit and put their faith in Christ. Then the next question, how, uh, how shall they believe in, whom, in, whom, in Him of whom they have not heard? And this morning, I like what it says. It says, in whom? In Him. And I'm glad our, our, our salvation is not in what, but it's in whom? It's in Him. Amen? Right. But he said, the, the, the next question is, how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And I want to say there's a responsibility of the Word of God to be sown. Yes. Amen. Now, the Word of God, is, the, the Lord has done His part in by, by giving us the Word of God. But Brother Ronnie, this morning, the responsibility is not on the Word of God to sow itself, because it cannot sow itself. The Word of God being sown is a responsibility of every single believer. How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? This morning, this town, this country, this this community is not going to uh, just magically stumble upon the Word of God and truth because there's so much heresy out there. And it is our responsibility to sow the Word of God to this community and to this generation. I met a young man named Jason the other night, this other afternoon at Wendy's, and <clears throat> we were talking and he was just a nice country, but young man, eighteen years old, and I mean, he wouldn't dress rough or nothing like that. Doesn't look like he was some ruffian. He he had a hard work. He was a hard worker. I talked to him about his job. Uh, I mean, in a pair of cowboy boots and blue jeans. We think everybody knows the gospel that wears cowboy boots and blue jeans. But this young Caucasian, this young white man. I'm not trying to be racial, but I asked him. I said, Jason, have you ever been saved? I'm talking about in raw in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. I'm not talking about out west. I'm not talking about across the ocean. I'm talking about Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. And he told me he went to a church and, and he'd been going to church off and on his whole life. And I said, Jason, have you ever been saved? And he said, what's that? And he wasn't being smart, but laddie. I said, I said, have you ever been born again? He said, I don't know what that means. And he kind of he, he, he like, was almost embarrassed. I said, you don't know what it means to be saved or born again. He said, no, sir, I have no idea. I said, you said you go to church. He said, yes, sir, I've been going to church off and on my whole life. Brother Ronnie, a young 18-year-old white boy in a pair of cowboy boots, it's been seared in my mind ever since I spoke with him the other day. He did not even, not the gospel. I'm not talking about the guy. He did not know what it meant to be saved. He didn't know what it meant to, but he didn't know why Jesus died on the cross. A friend of mine this morning, that hey, I thankfully he was very receptive, and I talked to a preacher about it. He sat down with me and we talked for probably twenty minutes. I gave him one of the church's tracks, and he let me give him the gospel. But he was oblivious. Yes, yes. A friend of mine this morning. Can I tell you that is not the that's not the minority in our town. That's not the minority in our country. That is the majority. Amen. This generation does not know the gospel, and it is our response. This Bible cannot. This Bible has no legs. He has no feet. And preacher, it's going to take us taking the word of God and sowing it. And it's not our job to reap. It's God's business who reaps and when Hey, but friend of mine, it is our job to sow and to water the word of God, the seed that God has given us. Hey, the, the the parable of the sower and the seed, the problem was not in the seed. The problem was not in the soil. The problem was if it was being sown or not. Amen. That's right. This morning, I went to we went to a flea market yesterday in Chattanooga, the I-75 flea market. And can I just say. That is not a good flea market. I mean, I hope that's all right. <coughs> Amen. And I'm used to country. I, I didn't see a single Rhode Island red chicken, and I'll never go back. Amen. I mean, it was horrible. Anyways, I'm used to country flea markets, brother Danny. Do you know what broke my heart? I walked through there. As you walk in, the the Jehovah's false witness. They had a banner sitting right there to the right of the door. And they had two of their missionaries. That sat, they had a banner in Spanish, and they had a banner in English. And they had a desk set up. And you know what? I found out that they have to pay. They have to pay to have that set up in there. And, and from the time it opens, every day that that place is open, from the time it opens, found out that those JWs are there from, from open clothes, and there's always somebody there manning that desk. I went a little bit further. I was in the back there next to the wigs. Somebody help me. <laughs> <coughs> and there was, a, there was a, a booth that had been rented out, a whole section. Not just a space, but I'm talking about one, like you could sell a, lo- a lot of stuff in there. One whole, one whole booth. And Brother Laddie, there was a, a Seventh-day Adventist These people don't get to go there for free. These people pay a a monthly rental to be able to put this out there. Brother Ronnie, he had book after book, and you know, they pass out their their propaganda, and, and they had book after book, and there was a woman there, and I listened to her for a second. I didn't want to be ugly or break in, but she was literally in distress and looking for help, and there was a man there listening to everything she had to say, and you know what dawned on me? That while the Baptists, while we've got the truth, while we've got light. That those people up there paying. Not they they they, they didn't want limelight. That that's not the, the flea market in Chattanooga is not where you're gonna get limelight. They didn't want prestige, they, but they believe so much in what they're teaching that they're willing to give up day after day in money and time to go and propagate heresy. The Muslims are willing to die for heresy, but we're not willing to live for truth. Every Saturday when I worked at Chick-fil-A, and those of you that worked at Chick-fil-A, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about, but every Saturday morning about about 11, 30, 12 o'clock, there will be a grove of people come in that were dressed to the teeth, 60, 70 of them, They've been out knocking on doors all day in the Jehovah's Witness. And and I understand you can get people to live for heresy easier than you can get people to live for truth. But friend of mine, we have the words of life. And friend of mine, it is our responsibility. How shall they believe? How shall they get saved? How shall they confess Christ as Savior? How shall they do all these things that this chapter has talked about if we do not sow the Word of God? I ain't trying to bring it down, preacher, but I, 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 this is what God put on my heart. How shall, they, how shall they call on Him in whom they not believe? There's a responsibility of a sinner to submit. How shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? There's the responsibility of the Word of God to be sown. And you might be saying, well, I'm not a preacher. You don't have to be a preacher to get the gospel out. Go get you a handful of them tracks. Even if you're shy and don't want to say nothing, just start giving out tracts. But here's here's the thing. Most Baptists ain't got a problem talking. Somebody say amen right there. It's just what you're wanting to talk about is the issue. If our gospel be hid... Is head to them that are lost. I read Ezekiel 33 some time ago. I think it's Ezekiel 33, and it talks about the, the, the watchman with bloody hands, preacher. I'm afraid I'm going to have bloody hands one day. How about you? But I'm, I'm, I'm hastening. There's a third question How shall they hear without a preacher? There was a responsibility for preachers to surrender. And preachers already said it. Brother Terry's already said it. I don't believe there's a lack of God calling in this day. I believe there's a, a lack of preachers surrendering in this day. This, evening, this morning, I ain't trying to push nobody to call it. I'm, I'm going to spend very little time on this. But I'm going to tell you, if God's calling you to preach, if God's calling you into the ministry, if God's calling you to set out and set sail and go all in for Him, I'm going to tell you, you'll never regret it. It's a a difficult life, and it's not a monetary rewarding life, but it is the most rewarding thing you can ever do. Let me say this. Stonewall Jackson, I've been reading a book about his life, and he said there's nothing more glorious. He said I could think of nothing more glorious than being a preacher. And can I say not that we're anything, but to get to give our lives to the service of the the one who saved us. What What an honor and what a privilege. Let me say, boys, and you might be saying that I'm too young, or you might be thinking I'm too old. My granddaddy was 54 years old when he surrendered the call of God on his life to preach. And he's a preacher of the gospel. I saw a picture the other day. He's 76 years old, preacher, and still goes out and passes out tracts on the street corner and street preaches at 76 years old. Amen. But, Dave, what's our excuse? But, boys, let me say, God called me at 12, and I, and I didn't understand everything. I, I mean that. I didn't understand everything. But I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was calling me into the gospel ministry. I remember calling my dad that night, and I called him on a pay phone. That's how long ago it was from youth camp. I said, Daddy, God's called me to preach. He said, No, he didn't. I'm thinking, Well, that's a real blessing. Amen? I said, no, Daddy, I promise. Because I would not talked to anybody about it. It was just, I, I didn't know you were supposed to run. Everybody said you were supposed to run. I didn't know. But I'm going to tell you, you'll never regret surrendering to the call of God. I'm, I'm thankful for Brother TJ and Brother Samuel and what they've surrendered to this week. But I believe there's probably more that God's wanting to call and use. There's thousands of towns out, out west and up in the northeast and, and countries all over the world that are without a gospel preacher. Hey, and he's he's wanting to call somebody. How shall they hear without a preacher? One thing, and I'll say this, and I'll move on. I'm almost done. One thing I've been thinking about lately. I wonder how many people died and went to hell from Nineveh while Jonah was running from God. Brother Jack, I wonder how many people died and went to hell from Nineveh while Jonah was running from God. The last question this morning... How shall they preach, except they be sent? There's a responsibility of the sinner to submit. There's a responsibility of the word of God to be sown. There's a responsibility of the preacher to surrender. But there's a there's a responsibility of the church to send. And I don't believe there's any. And preacher even talked about this last night. There's no there's no desire to keep a, a horde of preachers around here. That Bible college is not so Bible Baptists can build an empire. That Bible college is so people can come in and be trained and go out. Somebody help me right there. I don't believe that I need to preach this morning that we need to let them go here. Amen? But I'm going to tell you this this morning. Would to God that God would work something in our hearts as a church in this meeting and in these days of refreshing that would make this a place that God is willing to send men out of. May Bible Baptist always be a place of a prayer room. Amen. May Bible Baptist always be a place where people, men, you know, young men can come in and be allowed the space of grace to grow and to 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 sanct- be sanctified in the work of God and to grow at their own pace and, and have have people have grace and mercy on them. I watched Brother Josh and Miss Melissa come in and I've been talking about them but it just brought to my mind when I studied this but I watched Brother Josh and Miss Melissa come in and they came from contemporary churches and they came from contemporary backgrounds but I did not see this church belittling them or bash them or trying to push them into a mold but I watch this church be patient and merciful with them and allow them to grow with the pace that God had set in their life and this morning he'll probably get up and preach somewhere or sometime today down there in Guatemala because there was a place that God was willing to bring them and put them where they could be trained and discipled and nurtured in mercy and grace and allow them to go out may we always be a place where God can send people out of I'm thankful for this church I'm thankful for this church being patient with me and my wife and my family, because I'm not perfect. I'm thankful for this church being patient and, and willing to work with people like Brother Matthew Frank and, and, and people like Brother Samuel Freed and Brother Josh and Miss Melissa and, and all these people going out of Bible Baptist Church. I'm thankful that this is a place can be, people can be sent, but I don't want that to be the last crop that goes out. That's right, That's right. I, there's, there's two ministries in the Bible, and I'm done. I got one minute. There's two ministries in the Bible that's preached of very, very little. That's the ministry of Aquila and Priscilla. When they, they, they weren't evangelists. They weren't preachers. To my knowledge, they weren't nothing like that. But preacher, when they saw Apollos out there who had a zeal and a, and a touch of God on his life, but he didn't have the right doctrine, they didn't beat him over his head. They took him under his, their wing and they trained him in the, of, of the ways of Christ And he became the Apostle Paul of the second church generation. All because there was a family that was willing to send him, that was willing to train him, that was willing to be patient with him. And I think of the ministry of Barnabas and how he took Paul under his wing when nobody else wanted to touch him, preacher. Nobody else trusted him. Nobody else. Everybody else had forgotten about him. I think he'd been at Tarsus for three years. Everybody else had just took their hands. Didn't want to have nothing to do with him. And you know what? And, And nobody made Barnabas. He said when he went all out and started going and and preaching abroad. He said, you know what? There's a young man down there, and he needs some training. And he needs some some enlightenment. And he needs somebody to take him under his wing and love on him and be a blessing to him. And you know what? We've got the Bible today. We've got the gospel today because of Barnabas' ministry. May our church always be a place where people can be sent out of, preachers can be sent out of. What about the responsibility? Maybe you're lost here this morning. And it's your responsibility to submit. It's all our responsibility to sow the Word of God. Get busy about the Father's business. It's our, as preachers, it's our, our job to surrender and get out there and preach. Amen. But as a church, that we would, pro, that by the grace and mercy and power of God, that there would be an atmosphere propagated here until Jesus comes back where men of God can be called and trained and discipled and nurtured and sent out. Lord, thank You for this day. I thank You for the Word of God. I pray that You bless today and give us just an absolute breakthrough. Thank You for what You've already done. In Jesus' name, Amen.